Welcome back, all you beautiful Packer fans. The Packers took a bye, so we at the Unknown Packers podcast did the same. Recharge, added some writing to the website, and now we return as the season's fate rests in the next few weeks and what Packer team will show up versus the Rams. Give you our thoughts on the first six weeks, the next ten, and don't forget about our beer release at Black Husky Brewing Friday, October 26th to celebrate the Unknown Packers podcast, Pale Ale, being tapped for the masses. It's good to be back in Stay Hydrated on Tap. You're you're drinking the wrong water. Gatorade. H2O. Gatorade. H2O. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. Stay Hydrated on Tap is brought to you by Black Husky Brewing, the one and only sponsor of the Unknown Packers podcast, the only podcast available in American Sign Language and in spoken English. You can follow Black Husky Brewing at Black Husky Brews on Twitter, and you can follow the Unknown Packers at Unknown Packers. You can follow Jeremiah Wayman at MKE Wayman and Bryce Christensen at Unknown underscore Bryce. I always get tripped up on that. And then you can also check out our website, theunknownpackers.com. First and foremost, Black Husky Bruin, what are you drinking? Uh, it's my second one of the evening, but I uh, switched it up to the vein. Of course, I had to start it up with the spruce. Um, was tempted by the sparkly eyes, but wanted a, you know 11% to start off with. It was a little tentative. Um, but come by, check that out. It's phenomenal. Bryce is tasting a little bit of the Unknown Packers podcast pale ale. You look satisfied. Looks tasty. It's almost got like a champagne look oh, wow. to it, like a wine look to it. Yeah. As always, we record live at Black Husky Brewing. And like Jeremiah mentioned in the intro, we are releasing the Unknown Packers Pale Ale, which is the original Black Husky Pale Ale of Simcoe Hops, double dry hopped with Simcoe Hops. We actually recorded, actually not recorded, we brewed a few weeks ago. And now it's ready to be tapped. Packers are actually 3-2-1. They survived a scare against the Niners. We took a bye week after uh, the Packers beat the Niners, and then we shifted our focus to the Brewers and the NLCS. want to tip our cap to the Milwaukee Brewers, Craig Council, Christian Yelich, and all oh, yeah. of uh, Milwaukee Brewers Nation. I'd say to all Milwaukee showing up for those, you know, game, she's 1-2, 6-7. I mean, that was... I got to go to, I think, game one or two, I can't remember, uh, game one, that was phenomenal, and just hearing, you know, the crowd and everything, game six, throughout the, throughout the series was amazing, so hats off to everybody. And now that the Brewers are done, you have the Bucks that are 3-0, you have uh, the Wisconsin Badgers, basketball and football, or football specifically, basketball is just underway, and now you've got the Packers going into L.A., facing the undefeated Rams uh, before... We get into the preview with the Rams and Packers. Give me your, just give me a little um, recap of. Were you watching the game against the Niners? Or were you more focused on the Brewers? Or, you know, actually, it's funny because um, that that game specifically, I watched that entire Packer game because before before that or after that point, I realized that I could download something to watch the the Brewer game 
for free and da da da. But that specific moment, I was not forced to, but watched the Packer game because I couldn't watch the Brewer game. Um, so I watched every minute of that game, and it was pretty much, uh, I'd say, a pretty good microcosm of the the season in general. You know, offense shows up either you know second half, uh, you know drives here and there. Uh, defense shows up in the second half, completely is non-existent in the first half. Safety play was very spotty, if not just completely shitty at best. Um, Saved the game, though. It did. Game. No, I'm saying, right, but it's it's not consistent. Yep. That's, the I think, the theme of the whole – I think that every time I went back through trying to figure out what, you know, what this season is about, you know, check out Identity Crisis on our website. But uh, it's just, you know, I get that, exactly the words it says, Identity Crisis. We don't know – I don't know what we're going to see coming in, you know, week to week. I, I, I don't think we knew what we were seeing in those first six weeks as far as, you know, from you go, you talked about it, you know, second half of the Bears game, you think, ooh, that's a catalyst. Like, let's get that going. Then you come out a little cold against the Vikings, you know, end up tying. Uh, you shut out the Bills, and you're like, oh, nice, here we go. Defense is going to ratchet it up. And then, you you know, it's just this ebb and flow and this roller coaster ride. Um, and, yeah, to me, that just completely embodies. And I think we saw all of those things going on against the Niners. What I mean, we started off really strong against the Vikings that second week, and then we just tailed off at the end. We, you know, we let our foot off the gas pedal a little bit. Uh, very vintage Mike McCarthy and his teams that he's coached. And man, we really—I mean, we laid into him thick again with burning down the house part two, and we we laid into Aaron Rodgers as well for that last episode. Uh, take a take a, an opportunity to listen to that if you get a chance. And I think it can kind of parallel to what actually we saw in the Niners game. For me, I actually met up with my cousin at Walters on North in Tosa. I'd never been there before. Uh, either the owner or he's a perpetual bartender was the biggest dick that I've ever encountered. And so the whole place is packed. It's full of Brewers fans. And we got there a little bit early to watch the Brewers game. And I went up to the bar and uh, – um, I mentioned, I was like, hey, can you turn on the Packer game? And he goes, yeah, 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 we'll turn on the Packer game at 7.30. And I was like, no, 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 kickoff's at 7.15. And he goes, I- I'd like to think I know when the Packers start at 7.30. And I wasn't having any of it. So I pulled out <laughs> my phone, and I was like, dude, it's 7.15. And then he probably was pissed off because I told him how it was. And then uh, we watched. It was interesting because I felt like I was the only guy in the bar watching the Packer game. And granted, the Brewers ended up beating the Dodgers. And, but I, I, for me, like, it's all about the Packers. And granted, it, it was such a pivotal, pivotal game, NLCS against the Dodgers. But for, for me, if, if the Packers are on TV, I'm, I'm going to watch the Packers. And so I did glance over and watch uh, a little bit of the Brewers game. And then obviously it got exciting in the later innings. But with the, even when, you watch the Niners game and you the first half you're just sitting there you're like man the Niners want it more than the Packers at Lambeau and I think that's the thing that really bugs me is that I don't understand when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers why you don't walk out and exude confidence why don't you don't why you don't walk out and again Mike McCarthy won the coin toss and deferred and I think he's won every single coin toss this season and has deferred for 
reasons I don't know if he wants to actually see if the offense sets the stage, see if the defense sets the stage, and by offense I mean the opposing offense. Right. But it's just he's trying to go Belichick style, so you you know finish the half with the possession and then get the possession back. But usually it ends that up work? working in the opposite direction or the opposite way from McCarthy. He usually ends up giving up a touchdown at the end of the half, and then we have to battle back from a, a pretty large deficit. So. What is that called? Double dip. Double. When, like when you. Uh, yeah, you score a touchdown at the end of the first half, and then you get a touchdown again in the second half. Yeah, yeah. Some double dip or sounds good. I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> I think for me again was McCarthy just being Mike McCarthy. It's just something any sort of coach, any sort of any sort of <clears throat> team can see film with Mike McCarthy and the Green Bay Packers, and they can choreograph what's going to happen the entire game. The only thing they can't choreograph is what Aaron Rodgers, which Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. Yeah, and I think that leads into a perfect segue for me. I. I'm glad the Packers won. A win's a win. We're three, two, and one, and we go now into a stretch after the bye week. We're we're actually relatively healthy. I think uh, yesterday's practice, which was a Tuesday, uh, Aaron Rodgers was the only one that didn't practice. So you had Jair Alexander, Cobb, Allison, and Breland all practice. Equinemius St. Brown was a late addition to the injury report, but he still practiced. So they're gonna. They're going to practice again tomorrow, Thursday, and then they'll fly out to L.A., and they'll do a quick walkthrough on Saturday. But as they fly out on Friday, you have to stay hydrated. Get those water bottles ready, man. Every hour that you're on the flight, you have to drink a 12-ounce bottle of water. That's what Mike McCarthy said in his press conference today. Those bathrooms are going to be backed up, man. There's going to be guys waiting in line. You know how much water that is? It's not that long of a flight either. It's like a four-hour flight. Four bottles of water? It's 48 ounces. That's ridiculous. But that's what you got to do to prepare for the L.A. Rams. 48 ounces of water for that entire fucking flight. It's probably how much water Todd Gurley drinks on a daily basis. <laughs> Cheers. It's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. Yeah. We got uh, my another brother from another mother, Jeffrey, in, in the it's audience. Called, called the Brewers by... Check out uh, the Atomic Spins on Spotify and a various uh, music outlets as well. Rock and roll band from Milwaukee. So I was talking to a, talking to a couple other friends, and actually I was a little pissed off with, one, the lack of attention the Packers got. And I get it with the Brewers, you know, postseason run. But for me, it's still the Green Bay Packers. And Monday night, San Francisco... But I had a couple friends text me and say, I want the Packers to lose. And I'm asking you, did you have that mindset going to the Niners game that I want the Packers to lose oh, so like I could see what Mark... Throughout the season? Just, so say the Packers lose to oh, the Niners. Oh, going into the bye. Oh, right. Does Mark Murphy no. do anything? No. We it, talked about regardless, it. Regardless, yeah. Regardless of anything, you know, win, lose, or draw that game, Mark Murphy wouldn't have done shit. You don't think Brian Gutekunst would have done anything? Nope. No. None. As much as I love, you know, whatever. New I'm going to beg to differ. New GM, da-da-da. No, we're not. Because what do you do? So you promote Joe Philbin. Is that better? It's the same system. Do you promote Mike, Mike Pettin? You can't. I No, right. So I, I just don't. It's It would be completely out of Green Bay Packers, uh, whatever, I don't know. Character? Character. There you go. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting words in my mouth we finish each other's sentences <laughs> um yeah no I, I 
I wasn't, no, I, I mean, I've heard people saying, like, I hope they lose throughout the season now to get Mike McCarthy fired at the end of the season or, you know, call this a lost season for that reason. But, and I, I don't believe in that either. Uh, I, I think, again, there's a good, pretty good chance Mike McCarthy leaves regard anything, no matter what happens. I just, I, I, I for me, it, it really made my blood boil because I, I would never ever wish a loss upon the Packers to change because just because Mike McCarthy leaves doesn't ever, it doesn't confirm the <clears> fact <throat> that we bring in another coach and we're going to start winning. I think right. for me, it's just, how, how do you, it's Monday night, it's prime time. How do you go out and you know that the fan base fucking hates you? How do you just go out there and you do the same thing over and over again? Packers lead the NFL, whopping 61% on passing on first down. They pass on first down no matter what. But what's interesting is that in other scenarios, Mike McCarthy's always talked about got to establish the run, run. got to establish the run. So for me, it's just, I think the most unique thing is that I've never heard Mike McCarthy say, you got to stay hydrated. So maybe, yeah, maybe you can teach an old dog new tricks. And he's going to say something ri- ridiculous about that. And on top of that, they go, what is different between the Rams and the Packers? And he goes, well, they know how to establish the run game. They've got a run game. Well, we fucking have a run game too. <laughs> Don't we? We would if he, uh, you know, figured out how to give Aaron Jones the ball and not choreograph exactly which plays are going to be running plays so you get eight, nine men in the box. When Aaron Jones is in there versus... Even when there's the eight men, nine men, men in the box, he still knows how to churn out yards. Oh, for sure. It's just like a, the AP He's system. a better running back. But um, not to mention, I, God damn it. You talk about the Rams, and Aaron Rodgers said it, I think in an interview on what day is today? Wednesday, so Monday, I think it was Monday, that the reason the Rams are so good is because they run, they'll run five different or six, you know, whatever, an exorbitant amount of plays out of the same set. So, you know, they'll... Four wides, girly in the backfield, and they run, you know, a crazy amount of plays out of that one set, so you have no idea what's coming at you. I think the Packers' problem is, as soon as they plug in, you know, said uh, personnel here and there and da-da-da, you have a, I'd say a 75% chance, 90% chance of knowing exactly what play they're running. And I, I, who else, who does that go back to except for Mike McCarthy? I mean, everybody talks about that, and I know, I, you know, we've talked about that in earlier episodes, the, you know beginning of the season 50-50 as far as Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy to blame as far as the offensive inconsistencies but really still it all goes back to McCarthy and the fact that he's not designing uh, a productive offense that is creative is getting guys open uh, is is taking advantage of playmakers and if that's the case then why doesn't Rodgers just audible he's Aaron fucking Rodgers but I think he does I think I think he does have or some of the times in those RPOs, and then, but I, then I think he gets lambasted for that shit. Because perfect example of when, uh, so the whole 50-50 thing, I, I'll give 95% to Mike McCarthy, and I'll give 5% to Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is having another. N- I was going off of season. I think the, there was a specific game that I literally watched every play, and I think 50. It was a 50-50 shot in that game where I would say there were guys open that Rodgers was not looking to, and then the other 50% of the time there were. Plays where obviously nobody was fucking open, and that's that's on McCarthy. So absolutely, well, and and I think that was the week. Uh, that was the Lions Lions game. 
want to piggyback off of that is that I remember a specific play against the Niners where, well, not even the Niners, it actually was the Lions, where he audibles and he has Ty Montgomery go from, you know, pro form down to actually in the slot. Audibles. And so he's got a mismatch right off the bat with Ty Montgomery and a linebacker. So wouldn't that be your first fucking look? Oh, yeah. And then he waits and, yeah. He just waits. Down. Yep. Wide open. And yep. so, again, I'm not going to put it on Aaron Rodgers, but it definitely makes me think of what's going on in film room? What's going on with conversation with McCarthy and Rodgers? And, again, if you want to know our stance, check out Burning Down the House Part 2. We go full beast <laughs> mode with our hate towards Mike McCarthy and um, our frustrations with Aaron Rodgers sometimes with holding on to the ball too long. Moving into the Rams game, Rams are undefeated. I guess there's some silver linings. They play Sunday at 325. They are Packers are an eight and a half point underdog. They were nine at the beginning of the week. The largest, the largest <coughs> up, um, point spread that yep. they've been that Rodgers has been down. Rodgers deal with yeah. And I think the interesting thing is that Aaron Rodgers is money after the bye. He's seven and two in his career coming off the bye. Um, he's never thrown an interception against a Wade Phillips defense. He's undefeated against the Rams, 4-0. He did have under 70 yards against the Wade Phillips defense, though. So I'm gonna, But didn't throw an interception. That's okay. <laughs> potatoes, potatoes. And CBS, if you go on there, they think it's going to be a shootout. 41-34, it's still going to be the Rams. I think the interesting thing with... Uh, when you look at the Rams, yes, they're undefeated, but there are definitely some blemishes in their whole team. Um, you're not going to stop the offense. You're only going to hope to contain them. And again, when I look at going into the bye week to now, you have this stretch of you've got the Rams, you've got the Patriots, you've got the Dolphins, Seahawks, and Vikings. At least in my eyes, you need to go 3-2 and two at the very least in order to still secure a, a spot for the playoffs. I do want to mention something, though, that when we're all doomsday and apocalyptic about the Packers, when we won the Super Bowl in 2010 in XLV, we were 3-3 three and three after the bye week. We lost back-to-back -back games against the Redskins and Dolphins in overtime and had just lost your Michael Finley for the season and had no run game. Granted, we got some help with, for Deshaun Jackson in order to get into the playoffs. True. And then we established something. So... I think for me... And then James Starks just lit James it up. James Starks and then Aaron Rodgers, you can't contain right, him. Right, right, And I think for me, as long as you have Aaron Rodgers at home, anything is possible. The whole run the table. We were 4-6 and six and we bashed Aaron Rodgers. We bashed Mike McCarthy. We always bashed Mike McCarthy. But the point is, is that as long as Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback, we still have an opportunity to win the Super Bowl. And granted, it's my green and gold blinders. It's my optimistic self. But I'm not going to give up on that. I, I still think as long as you have Aaron Rodgers... You can win the Super Bowl. And I actually do think that they fare really well against the Rams. And this game, for me, is a snapshot because in the NFC, we're going to have to go through the Rams. Oh, for sure. And so this gives me an opportunity, gives us an opportunity, to see what the Packers are fucking capable of. Yeah, and I think, you know, you look at their schedule as far as the Rams, you know, they've had some sallies on, the, on their schedule. You know, beat the Raiders, beat the Cardinals, uh, beat the – well, obviously they beat everybody. But, you know, as far as just – Crap team, Raiders, Cardinals, San Francisco, Broncos, out maybe eh, iffy. But, you know, close game against the Seahawks, close game against the Vikings, close game against the Chargers. I mean, the Broncos was a really close game. I think it was a 23-20. Um, so it's not like they're blowing people out. Granted, yes, they do have the uh, number three points offense, number one rushing offense, number two 
uh, yards per game, number one in just total yards. Um, but then, you know, I was looking at actually comparing defenses. So I was kind of interested, you know, the as far as the star power that they have on defense, Wade Phillips, everything like that. Um, at, at they're actually comparative, uh, pretty close, most of them, to the Packers right now. Um, yards a game, they're seventh, Green Bay's eighth. Passing yards a game, they're ninth. We're actually fifth, which is pretty surprising. And I went by yards a game, not total, because we're obviously a, a game shorter than they are. Uh, rushing yards a game, uh, they are 12th. Green Bay is 22nd, so there's a little eh, iffy there. And then uh, what it really came down to, though, you know, I think the bend don't break uh, uh, defense that the Packers have typically been known for is is breaking because um, you know Rams fourth in points allowed. Green Bay is down to 15th. So I think you know some of those good numbers that you're ooh nice. I'm excited about yards a game, passing yards, but then the rushing. And then you know you're going up against a Todd Gurley. Um, it, it it's going to be interesting. And I, I do think like you were saying these next three four games, and I think this game just by itself even um, is going to be um, just very telling about what what we're going to see going forward. And you know if, if again this is another game like you know three out of four games that we've had in the first six weeks as far as you know defense starts slow or offense starts slow and then comes on this time, it, this has to be a full. Four quarters, offense, defense, um, just showing what we think the Packers can do. Well, vintage Mike McCarthy always rises to the Cajun. <laughs> you know, he's that he's that battered badger in yeah. the corner. Oh, yeah. The minute the minute yeah. his back is against the wall, he freaks out, and he hasn't eaten in a few days, and he's rabid, and he's foaming at the mouth, and he's freaking out. So I I I, I predict the Packers are going to play really really well against the Rams, and. In order for us to beat the Rams at LA, it's going to be a shootout for me personally. I, it's not even about the Rams; it's about this stretch before we come home. I mean, before we come home again. Yeah, right. And for is me, three of the next four on the or no? Yeah, yeah. It, what the Dolphins game is the only home game. I think so. Yeah. And that just got flexed to three twenty-five. Nice. So, nice little surprise with Miami when they started out three zero. But I, when I look at. I just look at historically, we've, we've always been good off the bye. Uh, it gives another week for Mike to prep. You can't see my air quotes. And three, like he always, Mike McCarthy, regardless, always rises to the occasion. And I do want to mention, I think it was uh, the 20, I think it was 2014. We went into the bye, we were 2-3, and three, and then we faced the Houston Texans, who were 5-0 and oh, at Houston, Prime time, I think it was like a Sunday night game. Oh, yeah. Completely demolished 42 24. So, again, like going, coming off the bye, all eyes are going to be po- pointing at. Goff, I saw a lot of comparisons Rogers. to that and that. I'm going to say the Texans of 2014 or whatever that year was are not as good as the Rams of 2018. Oh, God, no. My, my whole point being is that the Packers always seem to rise to the occasion. The yeah. Texans were 5 0. The Packers weren't expected to do anything against the Texans. And then they completely destroyed them down in Houston. I could see them going in L.A. and completely surprising and winning. The only thing that scares me is that if you beat the Rams, can you continue that? Right. Can you springboard? Can you continue that? Because we go back to week one and that amazing comeback, and you start out strong against the Vikings. You, you let it you, – you sneak right. in that you tie. let them come right back in the game. Yeah. And it's just these little things where you continue to let people come back in the game. And against the Niners, it wasn't McCarthy. It was Rodgers. It was yeah. Rodgers. And so, again, it goes back to the point, as, as long as Rodgers is behind the helm, anything is possible. And now we'll get to see if there's a knee brace or not. Yeah. 
and just run the two-minute drill the entire game. I would love that. But I guarantee you, we'll win a coin. With Aaron Jones. With we'll, Aaron Jones. We'll win the coin toss. Defer. We'll defer. Actually, we'll probably accept it this time. The Rams will score eight points. And then we'll pass two, three straight downs, and uh, Ty Montgomery will be in the backfield. <clears throat> I love your optimism, Bryce, and your realism at the same time. I do that Jeremiah thing, though. I think I... I know it's probably rather confusing that I'm very optimistic about, you know, with Rodgers behind the helm that they can win the Super Bowl. And then I just continue to bash Mike McCarthy and the offense that he orchestrates. But I really do believe that whenever we doubt the Packers, they surprise us. However, going into the Rams, I wanted to look at back at some, like, playoff games some or some, like, recent games against the Rams and Packers, and I, I, found some, I, I found things that were rather interesting. Remember back in 2001 when uh, Brett Favre threw six interceptions in a playoff game? Oh. And three were pick sixes? Was that Aeneas Williams? Yeah. I think that was Aeneas Williams. That like was the greatest show on turf. Ridiculous, yeah. Uh, was that the year that they won the Super Bowl against Tennessee? Yeah, 2001. Because I think Lovey Smith was their defensive coordinator. And Aeneas had, Williams uh, was, was... it Dick Vermeil? Yeah, oh yeah. Dick Vermeil, of course, that, was the head coach, but... That was, that was what catapulted Lovey Smith to being uh, the head coach of the Bears. And then Mike Martz was the offensive coordinator, yep, right? Yep. But I know I am. Yeah, I know for a fact. Now that you, it's funny you say that because you know as you were warming up for the week and you said something about the history of the Rams and the Packers, I'm like, ah, not, not much history. But as soon as you mentioned six interceptions versus the Rams, I'm like, yep, Aeneas Williams had a game. Like, I think he had at least two that day. I. So I. I remember vaguely the game, but I do remember crying. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like weeping because I thought that you know, like I, I think it was a. So the so this wasn't Dick Vermeil, no. This was Mike Martz because it was uh, the year after they won the Super Bowl. Because I graduated in high school in two thousand one, and they won the Super Bowl what in two thousand. <sighs> Titans, uh, Titans, Titans, Rams. Yeah, I'm not sure. So this was Mike. This was Mike Martz. Was that the year they lost then to the Patriots, probably? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or they. Yeah. 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 With they, Tom Brady. Yeah. Right. Yep. yep. That was it. Yep. The Tuck rule. Yeah. That was the Tuck game. Oakland or and uh, Oakland. Charles Woodson. Wow. Two thousand one. Yeah. Fun year. Yep. There you go. And that was Brett Favre, Mike Sherman, and when Mike Sherman just let Favre do whatever the fuck he wants, yep. obviously with six interceptions. I would like to think that if Rodgers throws six interceptions, he'd be benched for. Uh, who'd you throw back there? Kaiser Cobb. Now? Montgomery? Or at that Equinemia point in time, Brown? was that Doug Pedersen? Who, I don't know who was backing him up at the time. Hasselbeck in 2001? Maybe. Nah, because when, uh, when did Hasselbeck go to Seattle and go to the Super Bowl with uh, Seattle and face the Steelers? 2003 or four? Okay. So, yeah, I guess he was, yeah. Uh, we want the ball and we're going to score. That might have been, I think. It might have been right on the cusp of when he left. Because he was in, I mean, Hasselbeck was in Seattle for a couple of years before they went to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. And then uh, 2004, um, I think it was Favre's like 100th or consecutive start. It might have been 200th consecutive start. Actually, no, it was probably 100th consecutive start. Where he, uh, Najee Davenport went off for a bunch of touchdowns. Um, <laughs> and nice. it was a Monday night game. And all I remember from this game is that I, I me and me and an old high school buddy, Todd Benz, if you're listening, Todd, Benzo, uh, we were at this game and uh, we tailgated 
before the game, going into uh, going into Lambeau, we got so drunk that I had my Green Bay Packers starter jacket. You know the ones that have the big pouches? Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. No, I'm looking up. Sorry. 2001 playoffs was that fucking horrible game against the Rams. And then uh, Brett Favre did have his 200th start against the Rams. 200 start, 2004? 2011. 15. So this is 100th. Okay, so then back, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I just remember there was a there was a long consecutive start. Najee Davenport had a huge game. There was like two fumbles. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe Bouju was part of that. Bouju, yeah. nice. And the only reason that name comes to memory is that I listened to Pack a Day podcast with uh, Andy Herman, and uh, he had Corey Benke on That's as a guest. And they play a drinking game where they say the most obscure Packer players, and then you just have to go back and forth and take shots. So like Travis Jerby was a part of it. I thought uh, if, 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 I was Man, part, if I was part of that little circle. His names are out of the woodwork. I would have said uh, John Jerkovich. Remember John Jerkovich? Hell yeah. Good old nose tackle. But in <laughs> 60, 2000. Was he 64? Yeah. In, in 2004, me and Todd, we snuck beers into Lambeau. And actually, we didn't sneak beers. We got caught right at security. But they were. But you tried. They were uh, MGD bottles. Ooh. We tried to sneak a 12-pack of bottles into Lambeau in our in our in our pouch. And I remember walking up, pretty blazed, and the cop goes, not even like, not even has to pat me down. He just looks at me. He goes, "What the fuck are you trying to do?" And I was like, "Ah, you got me." And he's like, "All right, down as many beers as you can have, and then dish the rest." I think we downed like at least eight or nine beers in a matter of a couple Damn. minutes and then discarded three. We actually hid the three other beers behind the dumpster. Oh, nice. Came back from the game, found one of them. Mm. I don't know why someone saw three beers and took two of them and left one, maybe just to say, hey. They know their limits. I could have taken they three, know their limits. but I know that you're coming back for this game. They were trying to chug eight beers in two minutes. <laughs> it was a fun game. 2007, Favre set the NFL passing <clears throat> record. We beat the Rams 33-14, to 14, and we clutched a first-round bye. That was actually Favre's last year as a Green Bay Packer before we got to see Aaron Rodgers and the whole divorce fiasco. And, uh, yeah, that's my, that's my recent memory. We, obviously, Rodgers is 4-0. He's, uh, the last uh, team that he lost to was a Wade Phillips defense, which was Dallas a couple years ago. Huh. Actually, I think, you know, Actually, funny. Actually, no, the Chargers. Um, yeah. Wait, the last Wade Phillips defense that the last loss we had was against Dallas, but we faced Phillips again against uh, I thought it was the um, Chargers when we um, with Demarius Randall his rookie year in 2015. Oh yeah, so Wade Phillips ended up so he went from Denver to San Diego to Rams. No, he went from Denver to the Rams. I'm thinking of someone else. Yeah, okay, I was gonna say because his his dad bum was uh, head coach for the Chargers. So yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mix that up. Yeah, no, we got slaughtered by him and the. Broncos and whatever that year was. So outside um, of the six interception game, we have a really good track record against the Rams. Yeah, uh, actually, the only one of the only games I've seen outside of Lambeau, as far as Packers, maybe the only game um, was a Rams game in St. Louis, probably the year before that Jeff Fisher got fired, and then what two years before that they got the hell out of town. Hey, you drove it, down I, there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it was girl. I think it might have been Gurley's first year actually. Well, as we wrap up the Unknown Packers podcast, stay hydrated on tap. Uh, give me your uh, give me your take. 
I mean, I, I feel like I dominated the conversation of just bashing McCarthy, saying that uh, Rodgers will bring his A game, we can go to the Super Bowl. Um, I feel like once the whatever the, the fan or whatever the cooler, the cooler fan uh, turns on. I think that on. was the indication that we need to wrap up the episode. But give me a uh, just give me give me something. Yeah, I I uh, you know I'm a I, I was you know as the break hit and I think I was talking to Jeffrey over here that I you know I'm a little bit more maybe not I don't want to say a realist maybe a little more on the uh, kind of trying to keep it. You're very optimistic, I think, at this point. Um, I'm always optimistic. You are op- you are Outside always very optimistic, right? And Thompson. Um, and I'm not yeah. When it comes to McCarthy, I'm not optimistic whatsoever. Um, so I think I, I literally I'm, I'm putting a lot lot of pressure on this game. You know, if we come out and it looks the same as the first six weeks, um, you know, not to say that this season is over, but it's going to be very difficult for, I think, the Packers to come in week in, week, week, in, week out, for the ne- especially the next three out of four, you know, four games, and uh, make us believe uh, that they're going to be ready to compete. I mean, if they're, you know, they come out flat or, you know, defense comes out flat in the first half, turns it on in the second half, Against the Rams, you can't have any moments like that. You need to you need to be full throttle, you know, that entire four quarters. Um, so I think that's yeah. Well, I think I'll know at the end of the, you know that game at you know six or seven six 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 thirty on uh, Sunday uh, how I'm going to feel about the Packers the rest of the way. And it really you know I lo- I would love to say hey I believe Aaron Rodgers can do anything he wants da da he can, but it seems to me that McCarthy is definitely holding this team back. The whole run the table, the whole 2010, there's just a lot of moments that I look at Aaron Rodgers and he's capable of greatness. I'm, I'm not going to – like, if they beat the Rams, and I'm not going to think that the season's saved and they're going to go on a win streak. I'm actually looking at these next five games. you got the Rams, Patriots, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Vikings. You're 3-2-1 and one right now, and you're in an NFC North division that is pretty much locked up with the Vikings, Lions, Bears, and Packers. And so I, I see Mike McCarthy rising to the occasion because he wants to show this young buck, McVay McCarthy, that like he's actually the highly successful coach that he is and the greatest coach to ever coach the Green Bay Packers and blah, blah, blah. But I do believe that this is the type of game where Mike McCarthy, especially after a bye week, he gets together, he gets creative. I see us actually having a game against the Rams. For me, it's the next five weeks. I think that's do or die. That's... The next five weeks tells me, are the Packers a playoff team? Are the Packers a Super Bowl team? Or are they packing their bags at the end of the year? Another disappointing season, and we see a next head coach come in. But regardless of a next head coach, I still believe that we can right the ship. I really do believe, but I just don't understand. If you call out the Rams and say the run game is what they have, when we have a run game and we're more successful at running the ball than we are passing the ball, especially when you look at yards per t- attempts, give Aaron Jones the fucking ball. Be smart. 6.36 yards per touch, actually, Aaron oh, Jones. And that's why we're the Unknown Packers <laughs> Podcast. I'm Bryce Christensen. Jeremiah Wayman. And this is okay. the Unknown Packers what's Podcast. Up? Uh-huh. Okay, Nah, ho, you know they polo. I'll be with you again.